Welcome to the Rabbi Greenberg Show, the podcast that brings Jewish knowledge to you. This is the beginning or the first installment of a series of classes on relationships. Relationships are a topic that have captured the imagination of so many people in these days. If you go to the bookstores, you'll find so many books written on relationships. And if there aren't enough books, you'll soon see another few books about relationships. It seems that this is the struggle that our generation in recent times has to contend with. There's another topic that we also see a tremendous interest in, and at first glance they don't seem to be connected and related, but when we look more deeply into it, we'll see that they are very much connected, and that is the subject of spirituality, mysticism, Kabbalah. People are looking for some deeper meaning to life, and the reason why relationships is so popular and so important is because, as it says in the Torah, it's not good for man to be alone. It's not healthy to be living in an isolated existence. Relationships is what gives us comfort, takes away whatever feelings of loneliness that we might have. And spirituality is because we're living in an age where people live their lives and then they wake up one day and they said, why? What is it all about? What is my purpose? You have this midlife crisis where people who have succeeded in every area of life materially. They have a good family, they have a good job, they have a nice house, they have a beautiful car, a few cars, and everything else, all the trappings that go along with, with affluence and success. And then they wake up one day in the middle of their lives and say, it's all empty, it's, it's all meaningless. I want to find some more meaning to life. And they look for spirituality. So why, why is all this happening now more than ever before. Because in ancient times, most people were not looking for spirituality. They were looking for living their lives and eking out a meager living or a good living for that matter, and surviving. And relationships was never an issue. We don't find so much focus and emphasis on relationships in past times. What's going on today? Well, one way of looking at it is that we're living in momentous times. We are living on the threshold, a threshold between Galut, which means exile, and Geulah, redemption. We are at the tail end of this period known as exile, and we're on the threshold looking into Geulah, redemption. And because of that, we seem to have a schizophrenic existence. On one hand, we are still products of galut, of exile, and all of the flaws that go along with living in an exile, because exile does not just mean what the simple translation of the word would be, the simple connotation of the word is, that you were once in one place, you lived in your land, and as far as the Jewish people are concerned, we lived in the land of Israel, and then we were driven out, so we're alienated from our land. But galut, exile, and I'll be using these words interchangeably, exile, galut, gola, golus, exile is a time when we're alienated from ourselves and from one another. And we feel that lack, and therefore we strive to find out how can we better our relationships. But you know what? Because we're living in this threshold era, 
were straddling the fence between the past Galut, exile, and the future Geula, era of redemption, the Messianic age. So we're having, we're having elements of both in our lives. On one hand, we are exposed to all sorts of negative phenomena. We're looking at the world, we're seeing the strife that goes on in the world and the dissonance, and that also translates in flawed relationships, bad relationships, and at the same time, we're a very sophisticated generation because we can see a little bit into the future and experience some of that future perfection. So we're looking for ways, and we have an opportunity to find ways to better our relationships, and at the same time, we are searching for more meaning in life because exile has not given us that meaning. There must be something more to it. And when we delve more deeply into what the future is going to bring to the messianic age, then we will discover a deeper meaning to life that will enhance our relationships. It'll save our relationships, first of all, and enhance them. Now, when we're talking about our relationships in the modern times that are so in need of perfection, so in need of correction, this takes us back to the beginning of time. You know, there's an expression in the Sefer Yetzirah, the book of formation. This is a biblical, I'm sorry, a Kabbalistic text, pre-biblical, and it's attributed to Abraham, the patriarch Abraham. And one of the phrases in this text is that the end is wedged in the beginning and the beginning in the end. That means the end of time, the end of the period that we're in, the period of exile, is connected to the beginning of time. When we look at the beginning of time, what do we find? We find Cain and Abel, two brothers. They don't get along. They're the only brothers in the world. And Cain, of course, kills Abel. That is the first challenge that the world got, you could say, to learn how to get along with your brother, and by extension with everyone, because in a certain sense we're all brothers. But that wasn't the first time there was some dissonance. When Adam is confronted by God, why he ate of the forbidden tree of knowledge, what does Adam say? She did it. Again, there's domestic trouble. Adam and Eve don't get along. But division came even before that. The very second day of creation, God separated between the waters above and the waters below, whatever that means physically. What it means spiritually, there was a division between the upper, the spiritual, and the physical. That division created a potential for all sorts of divisions in our world, including the division between husband and wife, the division between two brothers, the division between two nations. And from that time onward, it got worse. It degenerated. There was an attempt to fix it, the Tower of Babel. They wanted to unite and get together. The problem was, while their objective was noble and positive, the method they used and the reasons why they wanted to unite were not good. They wanted to establish for themselves a name, as it says in the Torah, 
this was an expression of their egos. They wanted to rebel against God. That was not true unity, because true unity can only come when you recognize the oneness of God that should pervade all of existence, including our relationships. So when Cain kills Abel, and by the way, Cain kills Abel, and we ask the question, why? Well, the Midrash tells us many different explanations. They were fighting about this, they were fighting about that, but the Torah doesn't even tell us what they're fighting about. And I think the reason is it doesn't make a difference what people are fighting about because in the long run, they forget what they're fighting about. They just maintain the enmity, the divisiveness, the, the, the conflict, the animosity, the hostility to one another. As a rabbinical student, I visited a remote community, a small, very tiny Jewish community, and there were two people in that community who were like the pillars. They were the most religious, the most observant. And I discovered that they didn't get along. They haven't spoken to each other in years. And they one just couldn't stand the other. So I tried to be the peacemaker as a uh, naive student. And I went to one of them and I said, could you tell me what is it that made you so far apart. You're living in a small community. You have so much potential and influence. Why are you fighting? And I remember the first one saying, I don't remember. I don't remember what our original fight was about, but we haven't spoken in years. And the same response came from the other person. They didn't even remember why they were fighting. They just knew they had to be divided. That's why Cain and Abel Torah doesn't describe what they were fighting about because division has a life of its own. Whatever the reason is, it assumes a life of its own and it doesn't lend itself to being corrected. So the breakdown of relationships started at the very beginning of creation, the very beginning of society. And now, as we're coming to the tail end, we're confronting this challenge, but this time, the challenge will be met and we will bring about the ultimate messianic age when there will be total unity in this world, unity between God and us, unity between one person and another, and unity amongst nations. What is the model for true unity, for ideal relationships? The model, the archetype of a good relationship occurred at Mount Sinai. While everything was going downhill from Cain killing Abel or from Adam and Eve eating of the forbidden fruit, and even before that when God created the division between the upper waters and the lower waters, from that point onward, everything went downhill, degenerated. When you came to the seventh generation after Abraham, seven generations started to reverse that trend, and when Moses came around, who was the seventh, and all sevens are beloved, our sages tell us, he, through his role in bringing the Torah to the Jewish people, removed the barrier and the potential for the upper and the lower to come together. And that also brought about the potential to heal our divisions, to heal all of the problems that we have that result because we don't see each other. You know, before we got the Torah at Mount Sinai, we had the Exodus, what was the forerunner and the prelude to the giving of the Torah. What was the last thing to happen when the Jews were about to leave Egypt? The penultimate plague of the ten plagues, 
was the plague of darkness. And the Torah describes the plague of darkness that one person could not see the other. One man could not see his brother. Well, that's physically, it was dark, they couldn't see. But for all the Jewish people, the children of Israel, there was light. So we have this mixture, this paradox of darkness and light coexisting. That's exactly what our generation is all about. The darkness comes from an inability to see my brother. I don't see who he or she, my brother or sister. I don't see them. I don't see what's going on in them. To me, they're, they're foreign, and therefore I don't have a good relationship with them because there's a lot of darkness at the end of exile. The end of the Egyptian exile, there was a lot of darkness, and now at the end of our exile, there's a lot of darkness. But there's also a lot of light. For the children of Israel, those are the people who are looking for redemption, who are looking into the future. They had light, and therefore the relationships could have been complete. We are living in that very age of one cannot see his brother, but at the same time, there's a lot of light. We have to make a choice. Do we want to dwell in the darkness of exile and keep that exile spirit alive? Or do we want to break away from exile and introduce a period when there will be light in all of our relationships? So when Cain kills Abel, it set into motion a process of division. The last challenge one could argue, is the challenge of being able to see your brother, to see and get along with every other person. In fact, Maimonides, in his magnum opus, his colossal encyclopedic work of Jewish law, concludes that in that time, in the Messianic age, this is the ultimate goal of the Messianic age, there will be no longer any wars, there will not be any hatred and rivalry because the world will be filled with the knowledge of God. When a person has that knowledge of God, that here's where we go back to the spirituality, the quest for spirituality. When you see the underlying oneness because there's one God and God created one human being because God wanted to demonstrate that we are all really one. And when we recognize the oneness of God, through our spiritual knowledge that we acquire, that will heal all the divisions and bring about complete and perfect relationships. Thanks for listening to The Rabbi Greenberg Show.